welcome back to the God's Financial Secrets series. And today we want to have a look at secret seven. You always sow towards your harvest size and not from it. Hey, listen, secret six last week was amazing. And like I say, uh, the last six secrets have really been incredibly powerful. But I must say that secret seven out of all of these 12 secrets we're going to go through in the next few weeks as the remainders lie ahead. This is one of the secrets that I've been asked so many questions about. It's one of the secrets that so many people not struggle with but sort of uh, get this revelation because it's almost like this massive mindset shift that has to take place so i really can't wait to reflect on this secret at the end because it's really uh, such a powerful powerful secret if you can catch this secret right now i guarantee you watch uh, your life is only going to go uh, bigger better and increase in so many ways let's cross over right now listen to financial secret seven i'll catch you on the other side of this Financial Secret 7 You always sow towards your harvest size and not from it. The Bible says in Genesis 26 verse 12, New King James Version, Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Financial Secret 7 was a life-changing revelation for me. I always lived a life of waiting for my ship to come in. And you know the answer to that. If you are waiting for your ship to come in, you most likely will only receive hardships. I would say things like, when God blesses me, then I'm going to give a large amount to the church. I was always willing to give from my big income or my big breakthrough one day in the future, but the thought of me giving towards a harvest seemed ridiculous, as surely as that was the time to hold on to the little bit that you had left. You always have to sow towards your harvest size and not from it. Sadly, many millions of people and Christians live their lives this way, always waiting for their big breakthrough or waiting for the day when they will have enough to give. Clichés like, I'm waiting for the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, or if I'm lucky, and statements like, things are tough out there, or it's easy for rich people to give, was part and parcel of my need-minded lifestyle. Even my understanding of God was need-minded. If God does it for me, only then will I be able to do something for Him. But Genesis 26.12, the A part says, Then Isaac sowed in that land. The context of Isaac's situation will help us understand and appreciate Financial Secret 7 even better. Israel was experiencing a major drought resulting in a severe famine that caused a recession and a very bleak outlook on the immediate future prospects of Israel. Isaac, like so many folk, thought that the only hope or solution for him and his family was to go to where the grass seemed greener on the other side and borrow or loan from the Philistines or even relocate to another country. But on his way to his plan B, in search of food and provisions, God challenged him to stop his journey and remain in the famine-stricken place of Gerar, and not only to remain there, but to sow his time, treasure and talent towards his future harvest and not seek his harvest from the Philistines. This sounds a lot like our generation today. If things seem tough or barren or someone is experiencing lack in a place, it is just easier to leave the job, the country or marriage, in the hope that another company, country or partner will bring instant relief. You always sow towards your harvest size and not from it. Isaac fortunately obeys God to remain in Israel and sows towards his harvest even though he did not have it or see it yet. And the miraculous thing is as Genesis 26:12, the B part says, and he reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. See God blesses sowers of seed, not people with a need-minded mentality despite outer conditions and circumstances. I had to get my head and my heart around this amazing secret 
And I challenge you to do the same. It'll change your life. Or it's like, okay, so God expects me to sow seeds towards my future when I don't have anything. Might seem fair. Surely, God could just wink his eye and change your pressure or supply your need. Whilst reasoning with myself one day, during a very difficult financial time in my life, the Lord did an amazing thing and showed me this about my three-month-old son Matthew at the time. He asked me two simple questions. Did you sow seed from Matthew once he was born or after he was born? Or did you need to sow seed towards Matthew in order for him to be born? My obvious thought was, of course, towards him being born, Lord. That's logic. The Holy Spirit's reply to me was instant. Well, how logic is it then in the area of finance? The child is only conceived after seed is sown between a married couple, not before. And so too with Isaac and so too with your finances and every other area of your life. You always sow towards your harvest size and not from it. The Bible tells us another incredible story of a woman in a financial dilemma in her life and is challenged to sow a seed towards her harvest and not from it. We pick up the story in 1 Kings 17 from verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, Indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. As she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar, and see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear, go and do as you have said, and make me a small cake from it first, and bring it to me, and afterward make some of it for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bit of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. As the word of the Lord came to Isaac in a season of famine to sow towards his harvest in Gerar, so too the word of the Lord came to this widowed woman through Elijah the prophet to sow or give the last flour that she had in order to make a small cake for the prophet first. This request in the natural might seem to go against all logic and reason. Her initial reaction is not uncommon for a human to react in that way. When he challenged her to sow towards her future, when naturally everything doesn't make sense or add up. See 1 Kings 17 verse 12. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. I do not have is often the statement that keeps so many Christians in lack, poverty, and bondage. The prophet, however, reassures her in verse 14 of 1 Kings 17. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bit of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day of the Lord sends rain on the earth. The moment the widow, like Isaac, obeyed God and sowed towards her harvest by giving God a precious seed in tough times, she immediately applied financial secret one, a seed must be planted. Any seed sown in faith, the Bible says, God will never be in debt to any human so that he could potentially be mocked, not by producing a harvest in return. The widow's bin never ran out. Isaac too, received in the same year a hundredfold return on his sown seed. 
See Galatians 6 verse 7, the Bible says, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Question, but doesn't the Bible say God will supply all our need? Philippians 4.19, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It is encouraging to know that God does supply all our needs, as we just saw in the lives of Isaac and the widowed woman. However, notice that this was only after seeds were sown, as with Paul's ministry below. Look what the previous verse says in Philippians 4.15-16. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. So Paul then encourages them that as a result of their sown seeds, their needs will now be met. The miracle of their need being supplied came from the seed the Philippians first sowed. Most people want their needs met all the time, but forget that seed was first had to be sown for the need to be met. You always sow towards your harvest size and not from it. Another question, what if I run into financial trouble because of my giving? Well, we can never outgive God. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10 11 says, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food Supply and multiply the seed that you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Notice here that God supplies the seed so they can continue giving. No matter how much or often you give, God will always supply more seed back to you. God is by far the best bank manager you can ever have. You'll never run out of seed because God is the supplier of seed. The scripture continues in verse 10b to say, He supplies seed to the sower. A sower is someone who regularly distributes and gives or plants seed. Notice again that he supplies seed to sowers according to Financial Secret 1. A seed must be sown, not rich people, lucky people, or even Christians, but to sowers. I know many poor Christians. We know that Christianity will ensure we will go to heaven one day, but it does not guarantee us financial victory and increase on the earth. Only sowers that apply Financial Secret 1 have a guarantee of increase and blessing on the earth. Stingy people often have to depend on good fortune, luck or chance, because you always sow towards your harvest size and not from it. See, understanding Financial Secret 7 was a life-changing season in my life. Learning to sow towards my future and not from my circumstances completely shifted my paradigm of need-mindedness into a paradigm of seed-mindedness. If it was possible for me, it is possible for you. Because Mark 10, 27 says, But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Personal Challenge 7 Sowing towards your future becomes very exciting. See Challenge 7 I want to challenge you to take, number one, a cash seed of $1,000 and sow it towards your desired harvest. Or, number two, a product seed, if in business, and sow it into a customer as a seed towards more product sales to come. Don't charge the customer. Number three, a service seed. Sow a service for free that you might offer as a business or career. The time sown for free will be seed towards your business or career. Well done on making it this far. Keep sowing seed towards your future. Your harvest is growing and soon to produce continual returns in your life because you always sow towards your harvest size 
and not from it. Confession session seven. Confess out loud today. Thank you, Lord, that I choose from today to sow towards my harvest and not only from it. I speak life and favor over every seed sown towards my future. Thank you that you are the supplier of more and continual seed back to my life and that as a result of my sown seed, all my needs are met in every area of my life. I declare this over my life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because you always sow towards your harvest size and not from it. Well, as we reflect on Financial Secret 7, you always sow towards your harvest size and not from it. Genesis 26 verse 12, Then Isaac sowed in that land and he reaped in the same year. Well, like I said earlier as well, you know, before we listen to Financial Secret 7, I just realized that this was a secret that I initially first struggled with. And when I started to really catch it, when I caught it, not only challenged me, but it shifted something in me, I think that permanently shifted in me. And because the mindset, like we said, as we listened to the audiobook, when we listen to the fact that I don't have enough, I can't give, I'm waiting for God to bless me when I get my breakthrough, when I win the lottery, when I get the increase, whatever it might be. That's always been the mindset that I grew up with and that I was always accustomed to. Or if I'm lucky, but things are tough out there, you know, I have to withhold. I can't give right now. If I had, if I was as fortunate as you, all these things that we sometimes so easily say, and not because you're a bad person or because it's wrong. It's just the fact that you've been programmed like that, that if I don't have something, how must I give if I don't have something? And then we go back to what the Lord spoke to me about as I shared with the birth of my first son, Matthew. And as I was reasoning with this, the Lord just said to me the one day, did you sow from Matthew or did you sow after Matthew was born? And I said, no, it's common sense. And he said, well, it's the same in the area of finances. Surely you had to sow towards Matthew and there was nothing initially. There was no person. There was no harvest. There was no breakthrough. There was no child. But then we sowed towards that harvest. And we've had a look at this before in the previous secrets where we always said, well, I don't have anything to give. But it's amazing when it comes to procreation, how men can suddenly find that invisible seed. It's almost like, oh, I don't know exactly where that one's going to come from. It's going to come from within itself. And we've had a look at that, that a seed will produce a harvest according to its kind, financial secret three, but the seed is where it's inside itself. And so when you start to get challenged by this secret, you sow towards your harvest and not from it. It's almost like God first give me something. First let the apple tree miraculously fall out the sky. And then I'll take an apple from that apple tree and then I'll start to give because I don't have anything. And then we looked at the fact that in 1 Kings 17, that incredible story of the widow woman and the prophet Elijah, God sends him to her. And the amazing part is that when God sends Elijah to this widow woman, the Bible says in 117 verse 8, So see, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So God sends Elijah to this woman that in her natural mind at the time, she was collecting a few sticks. She had a little bit of flour, a little bit of oil and wheat left. Her words to the prophet was, well, I'm just going to go and eat my last little bit and I'm going to die because that's what we feel we are going through, the press, the pressure of life. In Afrikaans, we always say, the and I'll translate that for you. It says that the cat is sitting on the stove, meaning that there's nothing to cook and there's no food cooking. So the cat sits on the stove because that's where the food used to be. So everyone's hungry. And so there's just this absolute disillusion, doom and gloom outlook on the future. But then God says, 
go to Zarephath where there's a widowed woman that's going to provide for you. And it's like, okay, but if Elijah got there in his natural mind, like, okay, God, I'm sure this is going to be a five-star house with an abundance of food, grocery cupboards full. But no, God sends the man of God to this woman's house. And I believe, this is my interpretation, I believe it was for her own good. It wasn't for Elijah because Elijah was a prophet who God was able to provide for. But he sends him to this woman's house, and the challenge was going to be for her to make a decision. Will I go with my lack and my need-mindedness and my I don't have? The Word of God comes or the prophet of God comes. And today, you don't have to have a prophet coming to your house. The Bible says we have the prophetic word, 2 Peter 1.19. So if you have a Bible in your house and if you're a Christian, then you have the prophetic word. You don't need a physical prophet, a guy to rock up there and come and sleep in your house like in the Old Testament. But the prophetic word is in your house. And when we read the, our Bibles and when the Holy Spirit is in us and the good work he began in us, God is going to speak to you at times. He's going to sometimes challenge you in your most difficult seasons, the toughest times when it doesn't make natural sense. Like, didn't make sense to this woman. Like, doesn't make sense to Isaac. Isaac, there's a famine, yes. So I'm going to run off to the Philistines and I'm going to go and get the grasses greener on the other side. And that's the natural nature of humanity. Let's run to this place where there seems to be this massive provision. It seems like everything's going well. I've got nothing. Surely nothing can come out of this place where there's nothing. So I must go to the place that has. And if you look around, it's just in society as well. Society speaks about the haves and the have-nots. And sure, uh, I'm not speaking from a political sense. I mean, correcting the wrongs of the past, etc., etc. But the sooner we can learn that if, if you're waiting for a government to bail you out or a parent or a company or your boss or your wife or your husband or your father or your mother, if you're always waiting for somebody else, the donation, the lottery, something must always bail you out first. It always starts with an external delivery. But it's not, I've got nothing, so therefore, surely God wouldn't expect me to give something if I haven't got something. Well, I mean, if you start in your marriage and you've got no child, well, why don't you adopt a child? Why don't you just go and fetch the neighbor's child? That's already existing, so why don't you just go and fetch the neighbor's child? I mean, we don't do that. And I don't say maybe you've had to adopt a child. I don't say that from a negative sense. I say that sometimes the logic in our humanity is, well, we know how to make a child. Let's, let's go and be intimate, and then we're going to trust God for conception. Why is that so logically understandable to the human? But when it comes to the same area of finance, we've determined that money is simply just paper that's got ink in it, and that comes from a tree. And if you track that back, the tree was a seed, and the tree only could become a tree because a seed had to be planted. We're back to financial secret one. A seed must be planted. So we sow towards our harvest and not from it. And again, we're going to look in the secrets that lie ahead that once you gain harvest, a portion of your harvest is for you to keep and a portion is for you to sow again. So the process never stops. It's like precipitation when it comes to rain. The sun bakes down, absorbs the water. The water eventually goes into the air, forms clouds. The clouds get too heavy with all the water. High pressure, low pressure, rain forms, bam, fills the dam again and the process repeats itself. Seasons of drought, seasons of dry, and then very wet seasons, it ebbs and flows. But generally, the function of precipitation is understandable when it comes from a geographical perspective. But when it comes from a financial perspective, it's like everybody just has brain freeze. Well, surely it can't be the same. It's exactly the same. That if you sow towards something, like not having a child, we sow, and God miraculously makes that seed grow. Even then the bone grows in the womb. We looked at that last week. And the fact is that we don't know how it works, and that's exactly what God always will challenge us. It doesn't, we don't know how. The kingdom of God is like a man who scatters seed in the ground. 
he sleeps by night and rises by day and the seed sprouts and grows and he himself does not know how. So there's a portion that you're just not going to know how because that's the secret God keeps for himself. But then there's secrets that he's revealed. What are they? A seed must be planted. We must die to that seed. But when we start to understand this principle, secret seven, is that you have to sow towards your harvest. So whenever it comes to your salary, you know, I wish I could get a bigger salary. But the truth is that inside your salary is what? Is your tithe is a portion of your salary should be put into the ground as seed to be sown. Why? Because you sow towards. And then when you start to obey this principle and you start to put seed in the ground, now we pray. So we've looked at this before as well. Sometimes we want to pray and ask God for a miracle or ask God for a silver bullet, but we can't live off the miraculous all the time. I mean, the Bible's full of miracles, but no miracle in Scripture is repeated twice. So let me say that again. No miracle in Scripture is repeated twice. So whatever God did, he did for that particular situation, and God will produce miracles in your life. But we can't live of miracles. We have to live by faith. And as you become a sower of seed and you learn this principle, if you can get one thing, really, I want to encourage you today, if you can catch this revelation, it's one of the greatest revelations any Christian can get. You sow towards your harvest and not from it. So prayer is we pray, we make our prayer request, our supplication known to God. Make your prayer request known to God so we don't see the manifestation of it yet. But prayer is we sow towards the manifestation of that desire. That's what prayer is. It's the same thing as you study. You go and you sow time and exams and you sow towards the degree. You don't get to university and you have a degree or you wish you have a degree and suddenly the degree just gets given to you miraculously. And again, sometimes there's honorary doctorates given to people, but it's because they've produced fruit in other areas of their life. But generally, the average person out there, you have to sow towards your degree. You have to sow towards your child. You have to sow towards. So in your financial problem is exactly the same. You have to sow towards your harvest. And as this woman goes, the Bible says, and when she says she obeys the prophet, she obeys the word of God, which is God's greatest desire for all of us, is not to live under the law, Moses' ten commandments of you must, you must, you must, you may not, you may not, but to live in spiritual obedience, the unction to be led by the Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you in different ways. He'll speak differently to you as he does to me. Because no miracle is repeated twice in Scripture, so neither will my miracle be the same as your miracle. But God will give you breakthrough, but you have to learn to sow towards that harvest. I might sound like a broken record today, stuck on repeat, but listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says, And the bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord. And the household ate for many days. There's the incredible power of God's wisdom, God's financial secret in your area of finances. The bin of flour, the money that you sowed, she gave a portion of the flour. God multiplied that, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches. Because God is not a man that he should lie. God is not a man that he should repent. The son of man that he should repent. And do not be deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that he will reap. So we'll never mock God. We'll never come to God and say, why didn't you make that seed grow? Because God said every time you put a seed in the ground and you let it die and you give it time and you water that seed by faith and you speak life and you declare your future is bright, watch what happens. God honors his word. So my encouragement to you today as we come to the end of this secret, really marinate yourself. If you have to listen to this again, listen to it again. And you always sow towards your harvest size and not from it. And as you sow towards it, watch what God does. God is supply seed to sowers. You can never outgive God and watch what's going to happen. Your bin of flour or your finances, your income, your opportunities, your customers, they're never going to run dry. Why? Because you are going to continue 
reaping harvest upon harvest because as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest does not fail. Hey, listen, I'm so thankful that you were with me today as we went through this incredibly powerful secret, one of the most important secrets out of all 12, Secret 7. Have a great, great week. Go and take the seed challenge and sow some seed towards your future. Come on, put seed in the ground. You've got an incredible, incredible future ahead of you. Never doubt God. Never doubt God's promises. Don't doubt yourself in the process of listening to what God says to you. Have an awesome week. Can't wait to be with you on the other side of this in Secret 8. Listen, it's getting better and better and better. And watch what's going to happen. Can't wait to be with you in Secret 8. Be blessed. Amen. Thank you for subscribing to Leader Breeder Podcast with Aidan Jeffrey. Make sure to catch the next episode of the God's Financial Secrets series every Tuesday.